calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons about. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Welcome to Les Hangout, a podcast about all things lesbian with your two lovely lesbian hosts. From the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. And this is episode seven. How to Date Her. And this episode, we are so excited to have with us here uh, Robin, who is the CEO and founder of Her. Um, for those who aren't familiar with Her, it's an app that helps lesbian, bisexual, and queer people uh, to find and to meet each other. Yes. Thank you so much for meeting with us tonight, Robin. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. First of all, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background. Yeah, so I am the CEO and founder of Her. My background is British, mainly, as you can tell by the accent, but I was actually born in Canada um, and then grew up in the UK, just uh, outside of London. I graduated from university, lived in London, loved my life there, worked in branding and marketing. Um, and uh, two of my friends came out. Um, they'd actually been in a secret relationship for a while uh, and uh, they Ooh. revealed it to uh, our friendship group and I, this was when I was like 22, 23 I think I started like just going to queer bars with them the whole time and going on like cool clubbing nights and started making out with girls and started dating girls and was like yeah, cool like this do. is an exciting thing for me yeah um, and I started joining some dating websites um, to meet other people um, and I found that it was a really bad experience um, and I I was in my day job actually working with a dating business and decided that in my naivety that uh, despite learning uh, very little about the dating industry, I definitely knew, knew enough to quit my job uh, and start to build something that I thought was a really great product uh, to help women meet each other. And so that's what I've been doing for the past uh, nearly six years of my life. So that process of, you know, the jump from this is something that I should be doing to like actually making it happen. What was that like? It was quite a gradual 
process to be honest I um uh, it was I was kind of just playing around with stuff and playing around with ideas and I was still working at the agency and uh, used to like make powerpoint presentations and think about things of like grand ideas of how to build massive brand that would do this well and then I kind of started getting into it I started like discovering uh the London tech scene uh, I met some really amazing great people that were really inspiring and it kind of hooked me into it more the idea not so much of just like creating this you know a dating platform but more about like understanding a user and what their problems were and building something that would help address those problems when I really started getting into it I was like okay I need money to do this or I need to find a co-founder and so I started like taking on extra jobs I started um learning to code I started like doing a huge amount of like research and testing and I think it took me about a, a year, probably in total, like maybe six months to a year, to build up the like funds that I needed to quit my job and to, to finally do it full time. And I, um, I quit my job the day that I submitted the first version of the first app that I built to Apple. Amazing. <laughs> this is very cool. That is so amazing. talking about online dating in general, why do you think that online dating is so popular in the lesbian community? Even before this app was created, right, you started going online. And why do you think that lesbians turn to online dating apps? I mean, if you think about the specifics and, you know, obviously before apps, it was the interwebs in general. Um, and, uh, you know, which, which probably like in its first forms was like forums um, and then prior to that, I think that LGBTQ people, it was probably like dating agents or individuals who would use like phone books and, and different ways to help people meet each other, like matchmakers, basically, um, which I think, you know, is, is very much like a logistics uh, reason. So, you know, to meet people before that, it was pretty much like the gay bar um, yeah. or maybe a sports team. Um, but some kind rugby. of like, yeah, a rugby team or, um, roller derby team, um, but some kind of like, yeah, great. a rugby team or, um, roller derby, I think it's always been like a popular space. Yeah. But there were these like physical places that you would go to, uh, to meet other people and the actual logistics of doing that, uh, were quite cumbersome. Like there's a lot of planning involved. There's money often involved. There's like a lot of risk involved on a personal level of like, you know, fear of yeah. who am I going to talk to? Who am I going to meet? How is this going to work? And I think that the, also the frequency in which it happened, right? Like uh, the, you know, there were, the, there were lesbian bars all across the world, like definitely more than there are now. And that's because that was the main way to meet other people that, you know, that they weren't like pumping every night of the week and so it was the the odds of the luck that you would meet someone on that night that you went out that they went out to that bar same place same time that you would then talk to them that then it would work out yes. to a successful relationship and like pretty rough odds and I think uh, what's great about the internet and this is not just in like mm -hmm. dating or in queer dating but across you know everything is that it completely has pulled down so many barriers that the real world created before that and so the accessibility, the volume, the the way that you can like explore ideas and yourself and have conversations with other people without having to leave your bedroom um, was hugely beneficial for LGBTQ people. Well, and I think especially, I mean, particularly for, you know, lesbians, for queer people, I think if you weren't in one of those spaces, you know, if you weren't in a queer space, if you weren't at the roller derby, you know, that it did those odds also then changed drastically in terms of like, oh my God, am I going to fall for another straight girl? You know, is this going to go horribly wrong? And I think, yeah, that a lot of that goes away, uh, 
online as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like a self-defining space, you know, and you're like, you know, I think before her existed, I think one of the main places where lesbians and queer people used to meet each other was Tumblr. It was like a way of finding those accounts that's like girls who like girls. And it's like, cool, clear labeling. I'm in the right spot. This is it for me. Um, And I think it's just like creating those dedicated spaces have been, you know, well, first of all, it was very overdue for our community. um, But but secondly, like super needed. Mm, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of of dating uh, online specifically, like on apps, because I think it, there is, you know, there has been a, a pretty stark change, mm-hmm. I think, from, you know, what you're talking about with things like Tumblr, all of these old, old school interwebsy places to meet to like apps now, you know, where it's kind of like a streamlined process. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think are some of the keys to like a good dating? Oh, good profile. Um uh... Yeah, so I think that the keys are, and this is this is purely like based on data, but I think uh, there is nothing more valuable than a good profile picture, and it's it's kind of scary to some extent. Like you don't want to overthink it, you don't want to feel too like ego driven by like taking yeah. so long to pick a photo. Some people get worried about like, oh god, this isn't exactly what I look mm-hmm. like. I don't want to be misleading. But literally the best photo that you can find that has ever been taken, put that as your profile picture. <laughs> we're all we're already the selfie generation, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, well, I think like yeah. dating like dating myself and like going on dating apps, I feel like you literally are like, okay, here's one picture where I look really good. Here's another <laughs> picture where I look like I'm a cool girl who has fun and laughs and has friends. Like there's so many different like pictures you put and like this is something that shows i'm carefree and i travel i'm in a new place here's my quirky snapchat filter there's so many different types of pictures that you put yeah but the reason the profile picture is so important is whether like it's her or tinder or bumble or whatever like 70 percent of those decisions get made just from that one picture they don't even go into it they don't even look so as much as you add all these other ones like it's only 30% they're even going to look if they say yes to it, like uh, that first one. And it means like spending probably a dedicated afternoon of just posing. <laughs> like, uh, you know, we're, we're meant to be like the selfie generation, but I still feel super uncomfortable doing it. I think I look like, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I get like paranoid taking selfies. I'll be like in the back of a taxi, like, oh God, I can't do this. It's too cringe. But like, uh, you get your hair done, you get a photo taken, like do it that day because that's when it looks the best and, and like use that picture. I feel like yeah. we're regressing as humans though. If it's like you start, like I feel like you start right as like kids and then you like learn to read and you like graduate from picture books and now it's like, nope, we're going back. Like no one wants the words. Yeah. We just want to like, I, I want to see your face. I want to yeah. make a decision and that's it. <laughs> mm, yeah. But that's, I mean, words are hard. Words are really hard. Like uh, there's, there's many of them. <laughs> Pictures is like, Too many uh, words. Just one instant. Yeah, grab. the first picture on my dating profile is literally a headshot, like a professional headshot. <laughs> literally. That's, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Great. Like the best Absolutely picture. Perfect. Worst things you can do. Sun- yeah. Amazing. Like worst things you can do, to basically say like what not to do. No sunglasses, no group shots. It's not that a group is bad. It's just that they think you can't even make the effort to just put a photo of yourself on. Like I'm not going to be bothered to look into this. I've got like 20,000 other people to make my way through. Like, uh, you're just a no for now. So, like, uh, you put on the best headshot that you have of yourself. So do a little more work than just scrolling through your photo, existing photo album. Take a new one. What if people actually get past the picture? What are, like, some things that people want to know in the actual profile? I think what's interesting, um, uh, and I... 
I only know like small parts about like uh, male dating behavior from like other friends that run dating businesses that, that do both audiences. But I think something that is very different is that women, particularly when they're looking at a dating profile, are looking for the reason to say no a lot of the time. It's like they're really overanalyzing all of this information. Number one, kind of like projecting everything about this person is in like, what are we going to talk about when we meet up? Do like from all this stuff, all these like pictures that you're sharing of yourself, like uh, looking interesting and creative, whatever. I'm like, how's this conversation going to work out? Like, is this the kind of person I want to meet up with? Which is virtually impossible to tell from those photos, but we overanalyze it. And then they're also like looking for the picture where it's like, I knew that's what you really looked like. Like I, I was, I was looking for it, and like now I found it. That's the reason. So, because of that, I actually always suggest to friends like put a photo on that is a photo that's not as good as the others, but still looks good. Like the one that makes people go, okay, that's the worst that you can look, and I see that's what you really look like, but I'm still into it's it. It's like having a safety school. It's like <laughs> it's like your safety yeah. photo. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And then I think it's, you know, the, the really important stuff, you've got to like uh, give these other people like a hand in the sense of what are you going to talk about when you get that much to start the conversation. And, you know, if you're on her, you can add a text item that you can either say basically like ask me about this. Like uh, it just means that they will ask you about it and they'll feel a bit uncreative, but at least they kind of know something to lead in with or anything that like, you know, like when you're traveling, like great photos, they'll be like, oh cool, you went to like Paris, how was it? Like uh, something that makes it easy, like animals are a really great way for that because people go, oh, your dog's so cute. <laughs> um, uh, so like uh, animals traveling, food, super popular. Like yeah, things that make it easy to talk to each other. Yeah, that sort of brings us to our next part. When, once you start the conversation, what are some good tips for starting a conversation or keeping conversation going while you're talking to someone on a dating app? We believe one of the best openers that you can ever send to someone is, do you want to play a game? That's like kind of Saw-ish though, I mean, you have to figure out the game later. (laughs) Yeah, a little Saw-esque, you know, we'll we'll like entice them Um, (laughs) or completely get them to block you. Um, But if it is you want to play a game, normally it would be like call two truths and a lie or would you rather or never ever or whatever. But like it's a very easy one that's like tempting enough that you're like, okay, I, uh, yeah, all right, go on then. Hey, hey is the worst. Don't I just send hey. I will never <laughs> answer terrible. hey. Like you put no yeah. effort in. <laughs> No. You're better off sending nothing. Do you want to play a game is good because you're not going straight into would you rather, which can feel a little bit intense, like, oh, this person's playing and you kind of, like, get the permission before you do it. But otherwise, like, generally, things that people don't have to think too hard about, like, if you ask them, like, what has been the happiest moment of your life, people panic a bit about that, like, oh, my God, what does this convey about me? Like, how am I going to make sure I sound cool and interesting and good? And they panic and then almost, like, don't reply. I think, like asking things either directly about a profile where it's like, look, you put this information on here because you probably want me to ask you about it or stuff that's almost like, oh, I loved, um, I love looking at your tattoo. Like, uh, do you have any others or where did you get it done? Like things that are kind of more like factual based questions. It's much easier to reply to those just to get the conversation going. Mm-hmm. And that's always the hardest bit. It's just to start. And I think particularly with our community and our user base, like once they start talking, they are good. <laughs> like uh, conversations last long. Uh, it's just getting it going in the first place. It's the harder bit. I feel like I keep flashing to that, like the master of none episode where he starts everyone with like, Going to Whole Foods, do you want me to pick you anything up? That's like his go-to line. I realized this that you, the other day because I did this. You can copy and paste into dating apps. Mm, yeah. Like you can copy and paste what you say. Yeah. And I did this because I did uh, basically market <laughs> research 
about our podcast <laughs> yeah, sure. in quotations. <laughs> on her and I would send people I would be like hey I have this podcast here's called Les Hangout <laughs> would you mind if I asked you some questions about the podcast and it started conversations with a lot of people honestly too many people and I couldn't keep up yeah. it's like a great <laughs> humble brag too right but it also is a really good it's like it is exactly our market like everyone on that dating app could listen to this podcast yeah. it's like hey and then what I love about it is <laughs> like even if it doesn't work out like you dating them it's like not a wasted opportunity you know it's great that's I feel like everyone stresses out quite a lot about like the implications of having a conversation and it's like there are literally zero implications like having a little chat with someone online is cool it's kind of interesting like it could be someone that you might like uh, see again you might never see them again like it could be someone in another country someone who's traveling like just say hi to people yeah. it's, it's a nice thing to do you don't have it's like replying to a Twitter comment, right? Like, yeah, you're not like buying engagement rings. Well, we're lesbians, so I don't know. Yeah, I sorry, I replied to your Twitter comment. We live together now. That's fun fact. Um, we talked about this a little bit already, but I think it's it's worth diving into a little bit more because um, I feel like there are differences, right, in terms of like online dating culture, like queer online dating versus like dreaded straight online dating. <laughs> Which I hear about in stories, but like, you know, like we, I, like we have a lot of friends, like I, as we've said on this podcast before, we have straight friends, um, and I listen to them talk about dating online and it sounds horrible to date guys because it's, it's, I feel like it's a very different ball game trying to do that with, uh, with girls versus guys. Um, like, what do you think are some of the other differences, you know, in terms of like what that looks like and what to expect? There's two sides. One, I'm bisexual. So I date both guys and girls. So I can talk about it from a user perspective. But also there's like mm-hmm. the data perspective of what we know from friends. <laughs> you, um, you are the information we need right now. What's the difference? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think like the uh, main differences are... Um, uh, guys can be very intentional with what they're looking for they're quite clear it's particularly on like the casual side and I'm thinking about that within like the gay male landscape like uh, they're very clear about an outcome that they're looking for and they will take a number of steps to get to that point it just means that it is a much more active market there's like a lot more like conversation there's probably a lot faster responses it happens in a much shorter time frame like we did a big um data exchange with Grindr uh, just in terms of like uh, you know, how long does it take to meet up with someone? Um, how long do conversations last for? And uh, I can't remember the top of my head the exact numbers, but it was like the average time it takes between a grinder user messaging each other for the first time and when they meet up, it's like three and a half hours. And for us, it's like seven and a half days. <laughs> it's like a completely... And yeah. you know, I think it's interesting to compare gay guy apps and her because it's like you get this kind of similar behavior, but like magnified significantly. And I think, you know, the, the, the straight products or the mainstream ones that cater to everyone kind of sit somewhere in the middle of that. So I think that, you know, another really big difference for us is most of our users are really happy to get another outcome from using her, which is a friendship. We, we have like 20% of our users aren't even single. They're in a relationship and they're using it for the community aspects and elements because they want to meet other queer people. Like uh, they want to know what events are happening in their city. They want to know like if they're traveling, what's going on. They want to meet other couples to go for dinner with or to go to see like, you know, um, Tia and Sarah when they come to town. Like, uh, you know, they want like people want to have other queer people in their life. And that isn't something that happens so much on straight mm. products because... It, it's not 
like an, an integral part of people's identity where they seek other people like themselves. And that is something that we experience on her. And so because of that, there's a duality in the usership. There's like, there's not that clear intention that guys, particularly gay guys can often have about, I know what I want to get out of it. Our users are like, I want quite a few things out of this and I'm kind of happy with all of them. So I have a slightly more like browsing based behavior of like, yeah, I'll have a look, I'll come back to it, I'll come in, come out, like start a few conversations, come back to some others later, like really like uh, moving their way around it. Maybe I want a date. Maybe I just want to know where the roller derby is tonight. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And maybe I'll be someone to do that. And then the last thing, and this is again, just like uh, from conversations with other friends that run dating apps, like, women are just like uh, generally a lot nicer and, and nicer to each other like uh, you know like things can escalate occasionally right like we can all like get the claws out and and especially in our like social and community space if someone says like post a controversial like question and uh, you know that people don't agree with the responses that like conversation can get heated but generally like uh, we don't have to deal with vag shots very often <laughs> like they just don't get sent that much and no. uh, like dick pics and pics of people's buttholes get sent oh, like God. probably every like one in every five photos <laughs> probably more like no, you know it's a lot yeah. and we just don't have that and that's not to say that one is better than the other I think that you share the photos of what's right for you in your community like uh, that's not what her is about but I think what's interesting is that there's something else in the way that people often speak to each other and I don't know if it's men or if it's though like culture inside different apps but uh like sometimes people speak to each other in a really unpleasant way like they in fact actually BuzzFeed uh, made this video where um, one of the gay guys on the team and one of the lesbians on the team they swapped dating apps and used each other's dating profiles and they compared the experience and the guy who was using her was just like I can't believe it everyone's just so nice like I didn't reply to this girl for six hours and she didn't tell me to go F myself because I was like uh, treating her like crap like she was just like oh no worries I hope your day was okay like uh, you know this kind of like really different uh, experience so I imagine it's it's very different it seems like it's very different I think it just reflects the differences in dating period like straight dating and queer dating like me and one of my straight friends were at a bar one night and it was like both of us were getting texts for what would be considered a booty call yeah. but like <laughs> her texts were like disgusting <laughs> and, <laughs> and like the texts yeah. that I were getting we were like oh like it'd be really nice if you could come over you know what I mean yeah. like, so yeah. like I've got some ice cream and a bottle of red wine and yeah like, mm. yeah, like we can cuddle well, and you're saying like how much nicer women are like I'm curious you know you said you had the data in terms of like how long does it take you to meet up you know like guy, like gay guys versus like mm. gay girls I'm so curious like what's the difference between how long it takes people to like shut it down because I feel like girls would be like so kind and gentle and like let you down like slowly over like a number of days yeah, I actually... whereas I feel like guys are just like oh you're not coming over tonight like well you know screw you bitch bye like, do you know what? we haven't looked at that and like my gut feeling would be it's kind of rare for women to shut it down like uh, whether they're like i might come back this later or like i don't want to hurt her feelings like uh yeah or maybe just, like, we'll be besties you know out um but yeah no we haven't looked at that i'll be interested to see you're gonna you're gonna run that study and yeah a hundred percent let us know <laughs> <laughs> but i'm also curious about when you have like queer communities do you think things like her like I can't decide if I think it improves like the small world issue right because I think that's something that that like we all know in like queer spaces of being like it's I mean it's a smaller population you know and it's like you tend to get that whole problem of like 
we've all dated all of each other and we and like there this is it this is the little world like do you think it makes that better because it like opens up you know like maybe someone outside of your friend group or does it kind of make it worse because you're just always looking at the same people on the I I personally think it definitely makes it better I think that it was it was just if I think about like my friendship group like the frequency that someone new came in was not that often and and realistically like the friendship group used to change every time someone dated someone new that would like bring them into the group Mm. and then sometimes they'd bring along maybe a friend or like it would kind of open up a bit and then a breakup would happen and then the group would fracture and then it would kind of like start again but I think that happens with with like uh, dating apps working that happens a lot more frequently because there's a higher volume of people coming through um and I think it just gives you like more options I think like that kind of like overlapping with friends will always happen like uh proximity like uh emotional closeness like relatability like that will always happen within like queer female groups um but I think that now you have more options when you are really frustrated with that when you're like oh, I'm just tired of like everyone screwing each other and uh, I just want to get out <laughs> and it's cool because you open an app and you are out like you can find a date two days later and it makes you feel a lot better and not this like overwhelming like claustrophobia of like what options do I really have so the app has been around for a while so Mm. people have met each other and I'm Mm. sure people have continued those relationships so could you tell us a little bit about some of the success stories of people who have met on the dating app and some of your favorite stories um we so many um so and we actually now have a hashtag which is we met on her um and you can use that on Instagram just to see the stories that people post about partners that they met We've, I don't know how many marriages we've had now and babies and like, uh, you know, and friendships and friendship groups that have formed out of this. And like that, I think is always amazing. Like if people were dating or they went to one of our parties and they met a group of people and that's now their main like kind of um, social group. I I don't know why, but I'm a big sucker for the long distance. And I love like reading about people that met like cross country and then uh, uh, travel a few times and... uh, part of it scares the hell out of me and I'm like are you crazy you like just went for it <laughs> because I'm so like uh, I, I can't imagine doing that but I don't know it's like a great kind of romance I think inside of it so long distance ones I really love and I love there's this like couple I can't remember their name but they post on Instagram a lot um uh, and we'll talk about her but they uh they're travel bloggers and so they met uh on her but now they just share these amazing pics of them as a super cute couple like traveling all around the world and all these like great Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Places. Is it weird, like, is it, as the person who started the app, is it weird to be like, 
that's because of me. Like, that's because of a thought I had in the shower one day, you know? Sometimes it feels a bit detached. Like, I think in the very early days, I was like, oh my God, we made this thing and it's happened. And now, like, you got laid because of it. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> now, like, uh, I think it's because, like, what I want us to do with her or, like, where I want it to go is so much bigger. I want it to provide so much value beyond what we're doing now that I'm like I I know that it works for meeting other people and that is brilliant and now I want us to like build on that and create even more with what we can do it is I'm like I'm so happy about it and I I don't really relate it to me because it's like it's such a big team of us like uh, whether that's like people that have you know volunteered throughout the company's history or people who worked with us three years ago to help start it or you know, people who work on the team now, like it's taken such a group effort to get it to this point. It doesn't feel like it's me. It feels like something that we're all trying to achieve for like each other and for the world, which sounds super cheesy, but like uh, it is kind of how I feel. It took a lot of people to get to this point, but now I just want it to do so much more. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like also like as, you know, like as someone who's the CEO and like runs a dating app, it, it feels like it hasn't like turned you off online dating. Like it sounds like you still date online. Do you think it like, does it change your perspective on it? Like coming at online dating from like knowing all of the behind the scenes and like seeing so much of like the data and the everything going into it. Do you feel it? like you are an expert at dating because <laughs> you are <laughs> the... I'm a professional yeah. dater. I like if I was really focused. Yeah, I reckon I could. I reckon I could boss it. I think like uh, I like uh, my problem is like uh, for sounds like a challenge, yeah. ladies. <laughs> for, like well, that's just to be clear. That's the online part, not the in person part. That's where it kind of really like gets taken out of my control. Um, I think that like uh, yeah, like I I mean for the for the first like four years of the company, I, I probably went on like three dates the whole time. Like I was spending so much time like starting this and building it kind of gave everything up to do it um and now like this year I've like just started dating people again the problem is I have to like focus and be like like Robin go like like 100 profiles like deal with that part of it and then convert it later um but yeah I think like uh, there are general like patterns and behaviors that you can work out how to um uh, use to make that conversation more likely Number one, say yes to more people. The more we say yes to, the more likely you are to have a conversation, the more likely that is to turn to a date. Number two, look for their safety photos. We all know the secrets now. <laughs> There's no hiding. Yeah. <laughs> well, number two, send them a message. <laughs> if you match, send a message. Don't just leave it. <laughs> so we talked a little bit earlier. You were talking about making her bigger and expanding your audience. So it started as a dating app. And now we were talking a little bit about how you have a lot of couples on the app, which I think is really interesting Actually, the first time that I ever downloaded the app, I was in a monogamous relationship and one of my friends was her ambassador and she messaged me and she was like, you should really check out this app. And I was like, it seems like a dating app. But then she obviously convinced me that you have um, this whole newsfeed aspect and the events aspect. So when did you start and like, how did you get to the point where you rebranded to be this queer community rather than just a dating app? So the, the first app that we had was a different app, uh, which is called Datch, and it was very, very dating driven. Um, and I think it was just, it was mainly based off of feedback from our users. And it was this kind of thing of like really trying to understand the problems that our users have and how we could address them. And generally something that we found was that people, this this like multi, multi-outcome desire of like, yes, I want to meet someone that I am like sexually attracted to that might turn into something dating related 
But I equally value meeting someone that can become a friend who I might be able to go to a bar with. Um, I want to know when I travel what's happening in a place. Like there were all these things that were happening inside of the app and inside of the like a community, but we were not doing anything to help it or make it easily accessible. When we when we released her, it always had a social component from day one. Um, and then with the events, I'd been trying to work out how, like, what kind of events were right for us quite early on, like still in the Dutch days. And I think that's because one, events were really important to me. Like, as I said, I used to go to these like dance parties with my two les mates and they completely changed. Like, I like figured myself out through those parties. And I, I remember so much, like the first time I went to it and the energy that you have with a bunch of queer people, queer women in a room is very unique and it is amazing. And I think that maybe that just like etched on my brain is like, this is really valuable. Um, but I also think that like the feeling of an in-person meeting is uh, hugely impactful. And as a business, I wanted us to like help create that. And we had people that wanted to meet up. It made sense to not just do it one-on-one, but to actually create a space to do it in groups. And so we spent a long time trying to work out like how we do that. And I think, you know, we'll always carry on like figuring out more and improving it and trying new things. Um, but yeah, now we run events uh, in 27 cities across the world in five countries. Um, and each event is normally somewhere between like 200 and 1500 people. And we run about eight events yeah. per month. In terms of like, so as like I'm married, right? So like in terms of couples, like what we did like dating tips, right? Like what are your tips for like, people who want to check out the app who are in relationships who are married who are you know like who don't want to be on a dating app you know like what are your tips for sort of getting started and, and checking it out yeah so I think like uh, number one is you know on her you can put your relationship status uh, and whether that is coupled or married or open or whatever your relationship it is you can put that on there um and because you have fields to add as many text items as you want like uh, you can you know put at the beginning like here's what we're here for like this is what I mean like I want friends or I want to know um where to go at the weekends that like you all like or you know what it is you want to get out of it um the feed is the main place at the moment and it's actually somewhere where we have um a lot of stuff that will be coming out in the feed next year um and so I think at the moment you know you just you post in there and people respond to you and that introduces you to other people um and there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out uh next year that uh, helps you find the other people like you and so for that purpose of, of why you joined it you should be able to like navigate to find those uh those other people like you so i'm gonna i'm gonna introduce our next question which i promise there is a question at the end of it and i'm gonna introduce it with like a long backstory um because i think what we're talking about what we're sort of getting into right now is a lot of like the user base outside of just like her being a lesbian dating app um and so the background here is i I i've mentioned it on the podcast before i graduated from uh, mount holyoke college and for anyone who doesn't know mount holyoke college it's a women's college um out in western massachusetts the oldest continuing women's college um and while while I was there, the policies have changed since then, but while I was there, um, it was interesting because we allowed uh, trans men, so if you were transitioning uh, female to man, but not uh, trans women were not allowed uh, to apply and to be admitted, um, which obviously was controversial, I think, with a lot of the people at the school. Uh, it was controversial with a lot of, like, younger alums. Um, I think it's why they sort of changed their policies now. Um, and so now, actually, Mount Holyoke allows both trans men and trans women to attend, which is awesome. 
Um, and I know it's certainly, I think anytime you're getting into identity issues, emotions tend to run high. Um, and it's something that I know Ellie and I had seen that there was some controversy that you guys had, had run into, um, during trans awareness week with having uh, a trans man host your Instagram account. Um, and so knowing how many different options there are, like whether it's, uh, identifying your relationship status as a couple, whether it's identifying your sexuality, um, or identifying your gender identity, uh, I know there's a lot of options on her for doing that. So I was wondering if you wanted to say a bit more about who is the intended user base and how do you kind of try to meet, um, user expectations when people go on her? Cause I think people have a lot of, you know, kind of ideas in their head about what to expect. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of that comes out of our name, right? Like, uh, her is, a, a, a gendered name. It like skews in a very strong direction. Um, but, uh, when we first, uh, created her, um, it was for female identified and non-binary gendered people. So, from day one, this has never been an exclusively female space. Um, and we were very clear about that. Um, we originally said that we weren't open to people that identified as male. So we didn't have any trans men in YAP. After the first like few months, we started getting feedback from members of our community who had transitioned inside of the app and uh, were kind of saying, can I stay here? Like this, you know, I understand like this is got this like strong female vibe to it um I now identify as male can I hang around and at, at first we were like oh pro like probably not like uh, it would be you know maybe time to like look at another space and the more we had these conversations it was clear that this community of people was so like important and valuable and like in the community anyway like her was never built to exclude um, anyone from the queer community. The only group that we didn't want inside the app was cis men who disrupted the experience because, and honestly, that was because that was my experience on the platforms I was using before. I would get messages all the time from straight cis guys saying, uh, like, you know, you haven't met the right person or come along for a threesome. And it was just like, it was outrageous that you had to have those conversations. Like, it's enough that you get, like, uh, like harassed and deal with it in everyday life. And I didn't want to, you know, we didn't want to deal with that inside mm. of the product. I think that people who understand our community and respect it and treat it rightly should be able to be part of our community. And so a few months after her launched, um, uh, I think, no, maybe about under, like, nine months after we launched, we opened the app up to trans men because they were part of our community. And so that's been the case for, yeah, like 18 months now. Um, and I think everyone inside of the community had been aware of it. In Transgender Awareness Week, we had uh, started the week with some content on social platforms about different transgender people. Um, and then we had three campaigns with uh, Instagram story takeovers of different trans people. And the first one that we did was uh, Aiden Dowling. Aiden, you know, we had obviously told him like uh, what our company was and like who was open to our community. And so he was like, this sounds rad. Like uh, I'm totally up for doing it. I think that with hindsight, leading the that week with a trans man uh, was the wrong decision, which was not, you know, Aiden's call. He wasn't aware of that. We did that because of just scheduling something he was doing that evening. So we were like, cool, you kick it off. I think the reality is that trans women have historically, currently, and repeatedly been treated much worse with a lot less acceptance, particularly in queer female spaces. And it's unfair and there's a lot more work to do to give visibility to trans women 
and uh, accept, give them space, like uh, make them feel and know that they are welcomed and accepted and loved. And having a company like us leading with a trans woman would have been a much better and stronger way to do that. Um, and so, you know, we had to say sorry for Aiden for putting him in that position. Uh, and we had to say sorry to our community for not making that right call. But I think, you know, the outtake that I would also probably share is that that is who our audience is. Like we have trans men in this app and we've had, we made that decision a long time ago and we will keep it that way. And I, that is not at the, um, uh, you know, I completely understand the need for female only spaces. There are a lot of people that do want female identified only spaces and they have an absolute right to have that. That's not what our community is. Yeah. Um, and it has never been since the beginning. We've always had non-binary gendered people, gender queer people. And so it was never about that. Her represents as a name, the demographic that we focus on, that we really think about a lot. And we look at these unique female behaviors. We don't have to exclude other people from the community because of that. And so great, we will look at like female triggers and we'll think about like and t- telling female stories but we don't have to exclude other like parts of this queer community um, while we do that. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like I forget sometimes like how normal it became at Mount Holyoke. Like I have that conversation with people since graduating all the time, you know, that it's like a huge, I mean, obviously a huge part of that culture is it being a women's college and it being, you know, what yeah. is kind of, I think, kind of broadly understood as a female space um but I also went to school with some really amazing guys you know and that's never like I feel like it just becomes such a non-issue um when we're there that that's the case and there I think are legitimate reasons that a lot of um a lot of those you know people who are transitioning um or have been in the process of transitioning choose that space because it is safe and it is welcoming and it is open in ways that you know they're not guaranteed to find um in other ways you know and I think also gender and sexuality is so not black and white and anyone who's in our community knows that. Um, and we actually had a question from one of our um, Instagram followers, CVL underscore one one zero three. And, Shout out to and you. Um, she really wanted to talk about um, sexuality and gender as a sliding scale. And if you guys were, were planning on introducing something similar to that or how you address the wide variety of genders and sexualities that we have within our community. Yeah, it's actually funny. We had a design out today. Not, not for, it wasn't about gender. Well, it was about um, like gender expression. And we, we were looking at that as a sliding scale. The, the way that we currently handle it inside the app, um, we have 23 gender identities and 16 sexualities that you can select from. Um, and our policy is that if you get in contact with us and ask us to, add another gender identity or sexuality that represents who you are and you like want to use that to express yourself then we will add it and it will probably be out like mm-hmm. within the month I think that um uh, you're totally right it is a very like a fluid thing and so I think that you know scales are a great way to kind of like visually represent that inside a product I think what's interesting is like when people choose to update that like is it because is there a moment where they're like today this is like a if it is expression, for example, like, you know, I like in how I dress myself might um, one day have a more like androgynous uh, style to my appearance and other days I might choose a more femme presenting uh, expression. Do I choose to change that like as I choose to change or do I want to choose something that represents, you know, on average where I choose to express? 
when we took when we looked at the scales what we ended up kind of looking at was that you almost want like two ends of the scale so it's not that you can put one point on it and say here's where I am it's like here's the breadth of where I expand to and I think that's a like uh, that's kind of our current thinking around it um uh, and you know you almost want to be able to like have like five <laughs> points on some like uh, crazy star dial like and and that might depend on where you are in life like do you know for certain I identify as lesbian and I know that that's going to be the case for a long time or has something changed in your life where you're like I'm, I'm pansexual and, uh, you know, some of my like previous dating patterns might suggest that I um, am more attracted to one gender than another, but that's not how I identify it. I know it's a, um, I think there are really interesting ways to play with it and present it. Mm. What's most important to us is that you get to share who you are and you get to find other people like you in a way that like resonates with you and, and helps you meet other people that, um, you click with. So tell us a little bit, because we've talked about um, some of the other things that her is doing in terms of having uh, events and helping promote queer events. Tell us a little bit about how her, how you see it trying to help uh, evolve and help promote those types of queer spaces. Yeah, I think, like, I, as I said, like, I think that they are so important. Like, they were important to me. I think they'll be important for decades to come. Um Currently, um, uh, we have her events and then we have events listed in her. Uh, so the her events, like often we work with, um, you know, various different like queer DJs in an area, like photographers, venues, spaces. And then otherwise we list events that are taking place in the community. They're submitted by the community. So it means that if you are a queer, queer events promoter, you can list inside her. You can like, you know, post on the event a, like message board any like information you want to share on there I've always thought that with events like there have always been really great events like queer events taking place the problem has always been the discovery of them and I always remember um is her name Leah Delaria the mm-hmm. um boo from Orange yeah. is the New Black yeah. and I remember one day seeing on Facebook that she had come to San Francisco to give a talk I think it was about butch identity um, and I found out about it two days afterwards and I was like, I work in this like world like, and I wanted to see that. And how did I not know that this was happening? Like, that's yeah. crazy. And so I feel like there's great stuff happening all the time, whether that's like a queer silent yoga retreat or the roller derby <laughs> tournament or whatever it is, like just knowing that that stuff is there it's great to see but also exciting to be like cool i could go watch a roller derby tournament just keep wicked. on bringing back that roller derby i think we should start our own uh lesbian okay. roller derby i do love it <laughs> oh my god yes um so as for her what's next for the app what are you looking looking to in the next year yeah like in the in the next year like really important for us is like uh making the community experience as strong as we can so there's a lot of work they'll be doing in the feed and in that social space. Um, and then uh, the rest of it is really about growth, but predominantly international growth. You know, we're, we're big in a, like uh, Australia, UK, Canada, America, and we've got these new really great growing markets like Brazil, Mexico. They're almost as big as like Canada for us now. Um, Indonesia, Philippines are really big. Um, but there's a lot of other international places that we really want to take the product to because it's really needed. Um and then building out the events in those markets. So we always look for like really great, inspiring, um, probably slightly like bold and out there people in cities that want to produce events uh, that kind of bring together what they think is needed in their community and what we want to do as a business and kind of combine them together. So scaling the app and, and scaling the events are really the main things that we're focused on at the moment. Global her. 
Global, huh? <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to transition into sort of the the closing segment that we have here on Let's Hang Out. Um, and it is uh, a segment that we lovingly refer to as Q and Gay. And Q and Gay is a series of, of just simple question and answers. Um, and some of them, especially now, we're going to, so Ellie and I are going to ask you questions. Um, and some of them might be a little redundant in terms of the, the conversation we just had, but what they also do is we put them up uh, on our Twitter, and we also want to hear uh, from our listeners about their answers. Um, so what we're going to do is we are going to now ask you some Q&Gay questions. Great. Q. 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 And. Gay. Starting with question one, yes or no, have you ever been on an online date? Yes. I'm, I'm assuming that's a pretty straightforward yeah. one. <laughs> uh, what, what about you, Ellie? Yes. Yes, I have. Lee? Oh, I have I have not. Oh. <laughs> Recurring theme is that Lee's dating history is very small. <laughs> is limited and old. That's so, okay. Yes. <laughs> um, so, have any of those dates led to an actual relationship for you? Yeah. Yeah. Great. There's hope. <laughs> out there, guys. There you can go. do it. <laughs> Um, question three, we assume you might be a little biased, but, uh, what is your favorite online dating app out of her Tinder, Bumble, or OkCupid? Ooh. Um, so I'm going to say her. Um, <laughs> I also love Hinge and okay. I love Ooh. Hornet for the guys. They're my kind of, some of my faves. This is a um, really near and dear to my heart. Um, are <laughs> Are you into cider? What about the summer berry fruity ones? Yes or no? Yes. Uh, cider is my drink. And uh, I am a fan of the summer berry fruity ones, but actually I'm more um, original, like West Country, like England cider. Absolute drink of choice. Love it. Great answer. So I'm so glad I had you ask that, Ellie, because I don't think I, I can do it with this. Fun fact, that is one of the questions that's in the Her app. Oh, is it? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a her icebreaker. Honestly, a lot of those were me. So. I was reading them to Lee earlier, and that was our oh favorite one. So I had to ask it to you. It's it's my favorite question in the world. I'm going to ask everyone I meet that question now. Are you into Summerberry Fruity Cider? <laughs> I also told uh, your social media director that I love her for making up those questions. Like, they make... They make conversations much easier. Yeah. And they're also, some of them are so funny. (laughs) I just don't like, how do you think of these things? It's amazing. Like that. We have a lot of fun as the team. Yeah, making them up. (laughs) Question five. Have you ever lied about having met someone online? No. No. No, not not the fake meet cute story of your eyes meeting across a busy subway platform. No, I never really understood that. (laughs) I mean, I understood it, I think, when it was like... The online, like, you know, when everything was, like, web-based and there was kind of still this vibe of, like, stranger danger of someone that you meet on the internet. Um, and I get that, but I, I just think for the past, like, five, eight years, like, it's just, it's it's gone. Like, uh, I, I, said, I certainly don't feel like that. Okay, so there you go. Be proud, people. Own it. We're here. We're queer. We met online. <laughs> All right, so what do you look at first when you're judging an online match? Picture, bio, name, age. Um, uh, 
picture, like uh, without a doubt. And then uh, probably follow it with age. I think it's always like a important, I don't know, it's just like a bit of context building of like, where might you be in life relative to me? Um, and then I kind of have like a, a window. Like, I don't, I honestly don't know. I'm 31. I, I don't know what I would talk to someone who is 18 about. Um, Their homework. But that is not to say that I would definitely rule them out. Like, you know, if they had some really cool picture with some interesting things and I might be like, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, like, uh, yeah, I think like picture one and then a, a second. Yeah, I think that's very valid. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, last question. Have you ever been catfished? Uh, yeah, like all the time when I was using these other platforms. Like uh, that was, <laughs> it was insane. And that was why I made it in the first place. Because I was like, this is just crazy. Like I can see, you're not even trying to pretend to be someone else. Like you're just being a dude, like uh, saying to me that, like sending me gross pictures and saying that I haven't met the right person yet. Well, that, so that's actually technically not a catfish. I'll so take that back. But um, uh, I definitely have been catfished. Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends was on um, on an app and someone told them that they were catfishing them. They were like, these aren't my pictures. Like in the bio, it said, these aren't my pictures. Um, but I would be bold enough to say I'm prettier in person. Oh, yeah. So said, like, oh, my God. No. So you picked pictures that you thought were less attractive yeah. than you? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. no sense. Very, very strange. People are being even more straightforward about being <laughs> being a catfish. They're trying to get on the show. I don't know. Uh, at least be good at it, right? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right, but for our listeners, remember you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q and Gay questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. And Robin, do you want to tell people where they can find you or where they can download her? Yeah, so you can download her in the App Store and the Play Store, um, and you can find us everywhere on the interwebs. Uh, most socials, our handle is her social app, and on the webs as well. Uh, you can also find us uh, on all of the other interweb things like Instagram and Facebook, where we are also at Les Hangout Pod. Or you can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. You can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. And if you're liking listening to our podcast, we would appreciate it if you would rate and review us on the iTunes store. It really helps us to get more listeners and get more queer women connected because that's what we're all here for, right? And get awesome guests like Robin, which thank you again so much for doing this with us. We're so happy to have had you here. Some really fun chatting to you guys. Thanks for having me. Um, if you want to follow us individually, also, um, best place to find me is at LSH Foster on Twitter. And the best place to find me is at LEB2792 on Twitter and Instagram. And with that, I'm Lee. And I'm Ellie. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out. out.